morning, LOH. How are you guys today? Are you here? You ready? It's Oktoberfest. That's the name of our series for the month, and uh, subtitle is Reunited. <laughs> Reunited, and it feels so good. I graduated from uh, high school in 1979, and there was the song called Reunited by Peaches and Herb. Peaches and Herb, you hear this morning, anybody? You remember that? I do too. It's so great to be together again, isn't it? I'd like to talk with you for a few minutes about having God's help. I'll tell you a true story, a true story. There, there was a man who came to a certain church, and he, was, and he had a reputation. The reputation of this guy was that he always fell asleep when the pastor started to preach. And, and when the pastor got into his message one Sunday morning, as he always does, this fellow nodded off into la-la land. Unbeknownst to him, while he was snoozing away, they had a power outage in the church. It went completely dark. But the pastor kept preaching. He didn't use his notes. He knew what he was talking about, and he just kept on going. Going. Somewhere near the end of the service, the sleepy guy wakes up, rubs his eyes, and he can't see a thing. He hears the preacher preaching. He feels the presence of his wife to his right, his daughter to his left, and all of a sudden he goes into a complete panic, stands up in the middle of the sanctuary and yells, help me, I've gone blind. The church, knowing this guy's reputation, just went off the rocker. They just started cackling and laughing hysterically. The pastor couldn't finish his sermon. The whole church just lost it. Now, here's the thing. Whether you fall asleep this morning or not, God wants to help you. He wants to help you. And so I want to ask if you would to join me in Psalm 121, and I would like you, I'd love to hear you read the Word of God out loud. Would you join me, Psalm 121, starting in verse number one. It's in the passage, in, in the portion of the Psalms, three quarters of the way through, in the, pas- the, the portion of the Psalms called the Songs of Ascents. Would you read it out loud with me, starting in verse one? I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence. We thank you that you died so that we could have a way into the Father's presence. And the presence of the Father through the powerful person of the Holy Spirit is promised to be in your church and with your people and in your people until we see you face to face. Teach us something today about what it means to tap in by faith and experience the help of our God. We pray that for everyone here, everyone watching now, and everyone who will tune in to watch through podcast or on, li- or on internet. Somewhere in the future, it will be their moment for them to experience the help of God. We thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And all the church said, amen. Pilgrimage songs. 
It's more likely that these songs were sung in the three annual festivals and pilgrimages that the the people of God in Israel would make to Jerusalem in the spring for Passover and then Pentecost, which was a celebration of the beginning of the incoming of the harvest, symbolizing the Spirit of God reaching people all over the world and bringing them to faith in Jesus. But then they would travel in the fall for Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, and also for the Feast of Tabernacles. We talked about that last week. In the fall, tabernacles to, to celebrate the, the provision and faithfulness of God throughout their life and throughout the harvest, because at tabernacles, the harvest ended. Now picture this as they ascend toward the city of Jerusalem. One can only imagine the exhilaration that grew among the travelers, think of it, as they began to see the Mount of Olives, knowing that when they got to the top of the crest, they would look over the Mount of Olives and see the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. What joy, what hope, what anticipation, what celebration must have not only been felt, but heard in the traveling crowds of believers as they sang these psalms. Songs Jesus himself most likely sang At age 12, when he went up to Jerusalem at the Passover with his parents and many other times throughout his life, including the last time he came at Passover to enter the city. Most of us that are in this room this morning, I hope, are finding coming together more anticipatory than ever before. It is for me. Is it for you? And I know many are so thankful. I am so thankful that God helped us have some great outdoor spring and summer services together. And I'm so glad we had so many people there experiencing each other and God's presence. But I'm really excited this morning that we are able to come together in this place and we can reunite in the presence of Jesus. Mm. And we can testify to one another. You know, that's what we do when we come together. We sing these songs. We are testifying to one another that we believe in Jesus, that we believe that not only that Jesus lived, but that we believe Jesus lives. We believe God is awesome. Do you believe that? We, We come together celebrating that we are people who have been raised up from the burial grounds of sinful death. And although nobody here is perfect, Far from it, right? Including me. Many would say, in spite of that, God's been so good to me. Would you raise your hand if that's you? God's been so good to me. You'd say, I'm so thankful for his mercy. I'm so grateful that his spirit's in my life. I'm so thankful for his protection and his provision over my family. And we could go on, and we could go on, and we could go on. We're reunited today celebrating our own type of Oktoberfest at L-O-H. And today we're going to focus on something that's really, really good to hear. Our God is our helper. Mm. As a matter of fact, we've come to know not only that our God is our helper, but that Jesus is a very present help in our time of need. You know what, there might be somebody in this room right now that needs to be reminded of this. I believe so strongly that God wanted us to just stop right here and remind one another that Jesus is present and he can really help us. That's right. That's why we gather together. 
You know, but there are some people who can't be with us today because of health issues, because of immune issues. There are people who can't be with us today, but they're watching and they will watch. And I want to say, and we want to say, right, we're with you. Can we give it up for our live stream audience just for, welcome to, we, you are a part. We love you. We love you, man. Sometimes you can get alone and you can get isolated. And then sometimes people can fall into the habit, bad habit, of not coming together with God's people. And when you do that, you forget that God's good. And you can forget. And you can miss out on moments where God was wanting to really do something in your life. Let me remind you, brother and sister, our God can help us, but there is a help that is, is released when we gather together, not just with a few, but with the many. Let's not forget that. And let's also not forget our job isn't finished. We are placed on this earth to be a witness to the glory of God. We are placed on this earth to be a witness to the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the keeping, sustaining power of the mighty Holy Spirit. There are people who need to know what we already know, and they don't know. There are people who need to know God cares, God loves, and God wants to help them. When you look at someone and say, our job isn't finished, come on. People need, listen, people need to know who can help them. The writer says, I lift up my eyes and ask, where does my help come from? Well, you know what? In this world right now, there are people looking within for help. Did you hear about the lady who said, I finally got in touch with my inner self and realized she's as crazy as I am? <laughs> there are people looking around for help. And unfortunately, when you look around for the kind of help that only God can give, you're not going to find it. And that makes you start looking down, not looking up. The Hebrew language with this question, where does my help come from, is actually rhetorical in its question. It's not a guy who doesn't know the answer. He's asking it like this, where does my help come from? He knows the answer. My help comes from the Lord. And who is the Lord? People need to know who can help them. The Lord. Who is the Lord? The Bible says he's the one from everlasting to everlasting. That's so powerful. He's the maker of heaven. That means that the solar system was spoken into existence by the word of his power. There's a contrast to the pagan beliefs of that time who believed there were many gods some local, and some of them parceled out what they owned on the earth. And the pagans would put their altars on the high places, on the hills and the mountains. The prophets of Israel, inspired by the Holy Spirit, God himself, would mock them, calling their gods no gods. And they would say, you're no god at all, God can't help you. The pagan culture believed their so-called god lived in the high mountains. But our writer is asking, does my help come from the mountains? No, my help comes from the creator of the mountains and the hills. Yahweh, the Lord, is the maker. The one 
who before the beginning spoke it all into place, every galaxy and every star in the galaxy. Do you know there are as many galaxies as the stars in our galaxy? And Isaiah 40 says, God measures them by the width of his hand and calls them all by name. And how can you then say that he doesn't know who you are? He is the one who knows you and he knows me and he brings the kind of help we need. What is that? The kind that strengthens our soul. His word and his spirit, his real life-giving presence brings presence and help. Believer, the Lord of heaven and earth, he is our Lord. People need to know who can help them. Our job isn't finished. The answer, our help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. People need to know how much help is available. This is our call, church. Your call and mine. I was walking into the grocery store just the other morning. I, 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 I try to ask God to help me, remind me in the morning that, that, uh, that, that my lane is to bring encouragement out and about while I'm walking here and there going and coming and I saw this cute little old man, probably late 80s. He was wheeling his grocery cart out of, the, out of the grocery store, and he had this beautiful arrangement of bright red roses. And I looked at him and I said, you are certainly going to bring a smile to your lady's face today. And he stopped and said, I wish. These are for her funeral. He said, my wife of 62 years passed away yesterday from her battle with cancer. And I just thought, what a stupid man am I. My heart broke. I wanted to hold him tight. I felt bad for what I said, and I told him I was sorry. And he said, no, no, no. He said, thank you for stopping to talk to me. Thomas and I talked a few moments in that parking lot about the help that Jesus has given both of us, even on our Emmaus Road moments. For I discovered and he discovered that we crossed paths as two believers in Jesus Christ. And Thomas was talking about his beloved Mary Lou that he loved for 62 years. And we got talking about reuniting one day in the place where the sun never sets and the joy never ends. And I could tell, although he will be walking through a valley of weeping, Thomas has his help in the name of the Lord. Where does my help come from? The maker of heaven and earth. People need to know that. People need help. People need help from the struggle with sin. I know you're saved, but anybody still struggle a little bit with at least, at least one sin? Raise your hand. If you're not, you're a liar. Raise, come on. I mean, I've got them all down except the one. I know, and that one... I remember when I sinned once. Anyway, <laughs> people need help walking through hardships, help while trying to live in victory over stuff. People need love to fill the vacuum of their soul when their marriage crashes on the rocks. If loneliness is the only friend you have and you wish you could exchange that friend for a real brother, a real sister, who will be with you through the night seasons, thick and thin. People need help. Our job isn't finished. People need to know that the Lord wants to help. 
But he needs his church to get tuned back into the power of encouragement, to bring hope and life and words that bring peace, joy, and faith. People need to know that their insurmountable odds against them have no power when compared to the power in the help that Jesus can bring. Come on, someone. God in Isaiah describes his people as those who are called to speak out loud to a needy world And he uses this beautiful prophetic poetry from Isaiah in Isaiah 52. Would you read it out loud? If it shows up on the screen, read it with me. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns. This poetic description, it's so beautiful, isn't it? It's a segment of a puzzle piece in a song in which Isaiah is writing about this mysterious one called the servant of Yahweh who will come to deliver us all. He will come to deliver us all and take us into a dimension of help that we can't find in the world, wholeness, holiness, freedom that the world can't bring to us. And we're called to get on a mountain and cry out, speak out, point out to people who are suffering and hurting and doubting and dying, that our God, although he is holy and lofty, stoops down to help us if we humble ourselves when humbled under the circumstances that weigh us down. Sometimes you can't make it on your own. And this mysterious one would be born of a virgin centuries later, would grow up under the grace of God and and be anointed by the Spirit of God and do good things, free people, help people, and find people, help them find their way back to freedom. There's a passage in the Gospel of Mark that describes a moment in the life of Jesus. I love this. It says, Now in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years. And she had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors. Yet in spite of spending all she had on their treatments, she was not getting better. She was getting worse. Now look what I put on the screen, verse 27. I want you to read it out loud with me. Ready? When she heard about Jesus' healing power, stop. Listen to it again. Say it with me. When she heard about Jesus' healing power, stop. For 12 years she had suffered and didn't know and hadn't heard. But what's it say again? When she heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up from behind him and touched his clothes, for she kept saying to herself, if only I could touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. Come on, Holy Spirit. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly being healed of her disease. Lord, heal someone today. Watch this. Listen. Our job isn't over. Listen, LOH churchgoers, brothers and sisters, young, not so young. Someone was out there in that woman's world with beautiful feet telling the good news about this Jesus. And this woman heard. And when she heard 
what was spoken. And listen, I believe this. Whoever was telling the story was telling it ready with clarity and confidence that produced such an assurance that this woman said it to herself. All I need to do is find him and touch him and I will be healed. People need to know how much help is available right now for them. Someone needs to talk about the very present help of Jesus in the world, offered now, out and about. Let people know my help is in the name of the Lord. What's his name? The maker of heaven and earth. So let's remember a couple things about him. Verse 3, what the Lord will not let you do, he will not let you slip. He will not let you slip. When he's your help, he will be the security under your feet. What will the Lord not let you do, believer? He will not let you you slip. The intensity of his care, as we go into this psalm, is highlighted by speaking about the Lord's watchfulness. Here's who your God is. Verse 3, what the Lord will not do, he will not sleep. He who watches over Israel, the whole lot of them, over the entire nation of Israel, and he still does, he will still keep his promise. Not one of those elected in the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will be lost, nor his church, the new covenant people, beyond Israel. Every blood bought Jesus-loving Iranian, Iraqi, every believer in Indiana and Iowa, everyone who grew up in South End, Cumberland. Frostburg, Crescent Town, even Paul Paul, West Virginia. <laughs> All over the city, from one part of this sanctuary to the other part, every shine kid, every nursing baby, nothing diverts our Lord, nothing distracts him. He works the night shift, someone even said. Undistracted, surveillance around you, compassionate eyes of attention upon you, every breath, every thought, every situation. There is a thing the Lord will not do. He will not go to sleep on you. He will not go to sleep on me. He will not go to sleep on the church. No way. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Would someone give him a moment of praise? Come on, man. <clears throat> What will the Lord do? We know what he won't do. He won't let you slip and he won't fall asleep. What will the Lord do? I love verse 7 and 8. He will watch over you and keep you both now and forevermore. We are so thankful. I know you are. Aren't you thankful for what he has done for you? Come on, live stream. Aren't you thankful for what he has done for you? If he didn't do anything else, has he not done enough for us? But he's not that kind of God. He just says, now watch and see what I want to do. We should rejoice in what he's done. We should rejoice in the help that he provides right now. He's a right now Jesus. 
wonder if I could have done that over there. <laughs> Go Ringo on this morning. What I love about this passage in verse 7, the Hebrew tense of the verb watch shifts from samer, which means right now watch, watching right now, to yismur. And it mentions yismur three times as a new emphasis about the present and the future. He watches, but then they intensify the verb for the future. He will be watching in the future. You know what that means? Ten years from now, when my grandkids hit double digits in age, he will be watching over and keeping them. Fifty years from now, when I'm just getting started. <laughs> At 109. How old is he? I know. Fifty years from now, the Lord eternal, never aging, Strong and powerful in all ages. 50 years from now, when these kids of ours are more my age, the Lord will be watching and keeping. Hallelujah. Come on. Kids in the McGee family a century from now, the Lord will be watching and keeping my family line and your family and your family. In your family, come on, in your family. I didn't say next week, I said 50 years, 100 years. Your family, your family. Your, that's why it's so important to raise up our children in the things of the Lord so they can raise up their children in the things of the Lord. They can raise up their children. Ben, I remember when you were a youngster and now you're the guy that, you don't talk like that anymore. <laughs> now you're up there singing like Elvis. Singing for Jesus. I'm so proud of you, brother. I'm so proud, so proud, so proud. There's these beautiful young ladies that are sitting right down here. And I remember about a year ago, we had an altar time. And I saw uh, these two young ladies and their brother. They were up here around the altar. And we were singing, having church in church. You ever have church in, you know what I'm saying? It was one of those church, church services. And I heard them singing. I thought I was here in the Jackson 5. I was like, wait a minute, wait, wait. I went to Dustin. I said, I don't know if you know, but see those kids right there? Let's make that happen. There was a couple of them up on the stage today. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 I remember when we didn't have a whole lot and we were in between before Dustin uh, saw the light about not wanting to be an NFL player and saw the light. <clears throat> it was me and a couple others doing that. And people were out there faking because they felt sorry for us. Oh, praise God. They were like... Although I could rock, they just won't let me. But anyway, <laughs> worship goes on and on. The help goes on and on. The spirit goes on and on. The gospel goes on and on. The church is going to go on and on. Why? Because the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, will never go to sleep. Both now and forevermore. Now let's think outside the box and outside of this house. Who in your life, circle, at your job, your neighborhood, needs to hear the good news of the glorious help, your Lord, 
who helps you, who need to hear what the Lord longs for them to hear and what the Lord longs to give to them. You know, the church of Jesus Christ can't save anybody, but you know what? Most people, when they get saved or come to Jesus, it happens in a church gathering most of the time. That's why it's important to gather, and when we gather, we come hungry, we come hope-filled, we have a fervent desire and a real faith because the God of the house loves to draw close to people who are hungry in the house. And he longs to help everybody here, but he longs to help everybody that we know that isn't here. Most people find Christ in the church. Why? It's his house, his spiritual house. By the presence of the Holy Spirit, something takes place in the house of the Lord when the people of God gather together. You know what happens when we gather together? The lonely mom who comes alone might find her help in God alone. The young boy who carries sorrows and sadness can experience the joy of the Holy Spirit that they can't find out there anywhere else. The dad who is in a battle and he can't really share it with anyone because he needs to portray an image of being strong and solid for his family. I totally get that. And there's a portion of that that we should do. But God is offering you help, Dad. He's saying to you, here I am, take my hand. There are people in the world who feel like they're financially drowning. You walked out on the water in faith and now the storm has hit with hurricane force winds on you financially. I wrote this part in here because the Spirit of God told me to. I don't know if you're here or you're watching, you're watching now, or you'll be watching next week or two months from now, but in the God moment, I know, T. McGee, kid was eight years old, used to ride a spider bike around South Cumberland, told me to tell you he knows you're financially drowning, hurricane force winds, and you can't stop thinking about the what ifs and your feet are slipping below the surface. Friend, cry out and say, Jesus, save me, and he will reach down and grab hold of you. That's a word of the Lord to somebody today. You're a child of God. Maybe you're here, you're watching, and you feel the pull of temptation, and you wonder how in the heck you ever let your spirit get to a place where the things that God freed you of are calling you back again. How did you ever get here? I want to remind you, you have a power on the inside of you, the power of the Holy Spirit. Even though the enemy has his sights on you, what do you do? What do you do? He will keep your feet from stumbling, my brother. He will keep you from slipping, my sister. I want you all to stand. And I want to pray over you. I want you to close your eyes, but lift up your eyes of your spirit to the heavens. Where does my help come from? It comes from the maker of heaven and earth, the Lord. I want you to lift up your eyes of faith, and I want you to hold out your hands in humility asking God to give you help and asking the Lord to use you to speak about the help God wants them to know he offers. With your eyes closed and your faith tuned in and your hands outstretched, I pray that you will remain strong and not be discouraged, friend. I pray that your awe of the Father and of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit will intensify. I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and his favor and his supernatural strength to the point that it would flood your soul. 
that you would be able to start to use your faith like that woman and reach out and touch him. And that when you touch Christ, he will release deep inside of you a powerful source that will become a brand new root of healing in your life. That you will be empowered to discover what others have discovered through all of time. How magnificent and astonishing the love of Jesus is. All over the world, listen to this word and be healed and strengthened by the help of the Lord. How deeply intimate he wants to be with you. And how enduring his power is. That you'd have no doubt that God's power is mighty and it will work in you and it will accomplish all that he desires to do in your life. That you will come to a place where you'll be able to achieve more than you ever asked, more than you could ever dream, beyond your wildest imagination. That he will outdo your greatest prayer of faith. And he will energize you as you wait for the fulfillment of that prayer to manifest. I pray that right now we would all join our voices and offer up to God the greatest praise you ever have given him right now in this church. And it will rise and rise and touch him. And as we praise him and as we worship him and as we sing unto him, the blessing of the Lord will be on you and on your family and on your children and their children and their children and their children. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Does my help come from the hills? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, both now and forevermore. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.